always the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring, your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for the evening, I am the five-star man, Asa Gray, and joining me at this time is the big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo. How are you doing this week, Dalton? Pretty solid, pretty solid, excited to be here. We got a lot of things I want to talk about, uh, it's, it's a figure-heavy week, so I'm a, yeah, it is. Happy, I'm a happy, heavy Dalton. Not what I meant <laughs> to say. Balls. It's fine. We did it. Here we go. <laughs> um, and we do have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the AEW Double or Nothing was this past Sunday. Uh, some say that show is still going on today. Uh, <laughs> Hell in a Cell is going on this coming Sunday. We're going to look at that, that card, preview that a little bit. A ton of figure reveals from AEW Fan Fest. Speaking of Fan Fest, what happened there? Anything interesting? Probably not. Moving on. Um, not a ton of news this week. Um, we do want to start things off, um, real quick, as we do with every episode. A little bit of ring setup for you. Uh, first bit, like each and every week, we start the show with the power of positivity because the internet can be such a negative place. Social media can be such a negative place that we want to do our part to combat that and put out a little bit of positivity. Just someone or something in professional wrestling that we want to spotlight for being awesome. Uh, Mine for this week goes to Sam Beal from Impact Wrestling. And mine is going to Sam Beal because this past Saturday night was CCW uh, May Mayhem. It was a ton of fun. Dalton put in some work having to go back and forth fixing the ring. Because in our first match, the ring broke. Uh, The middle turnbuckle (laughs) snapped. And we had to get that replaced. Uh, Thankfully, everyone was okay because it was very scary. But um, it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, It was a pretty light crowd. So if you're listening to this and you were there at CCW, we appreciate the hell out of you. It was a loud crowd. I will say the people that were there made sure we knew they were there. And it was awesome. Um, But this isn't like a complaint about, you know, a a light show. I want to give a – the reason I'm giving the shout out to Sam Beal is I don't know if you watched any of this, but he was involved in a six-man tag. Uh, he teamed up with our friend Clay Huna and El Diablo, and they went up against Calvin Aldridge, Leo D, and Marte Marshall. And Sam Beal, despite there being, I want to say probably like 70, 75 people there, he went all out the entire time he was out there. Whether he was in the ring, whether he was on the apron, like, getting the crowd going for his team. Like, this could have very easily been, you know, eh, not the not the biggest house. Phone it in. Make it an easy night. He did not do that even remotely. It was awesome to see. So, uh, my shout out is, is to Sam Beal, Power Positivity, because he gave 100%. Uh... Did I tell you the my favorite? And I, you might have been standing there when it happened. But did you like my favorite Sam Beal moment? Because I think their mat. Well, I had just fixed the ring. Mm-hmm. I think I had just gotten the rope fixed. So, which it wasn't just me. Uh, I had uh, Bacon, Looney, and Allen were out there with me working on it. But um, our referees. But and I, I, I didn't want to like imply that you were the only one. Yeah, yeah, I know, no. like they. Every, it, it was a team effort to get everything going. It was just, I know you had to like yeah. go to Harbor Freight. And... Yeah, no, because Shit. it was one of those, like, I could have fixed it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it would have taken me like 20 more minutes because my dumb ass, like, I was so worried. You ever get tunnel vision on something and then there's an obvious easy answer and you don't do it because you're too focused on the exact? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you, you know the one thing about wrestling ring ropes that are cool is you can actually loosen them. And <laughs> it was at full tension and I couldn't get this fucking rope to budge. And then Bacon was like, who's he's turned out to be like one of my favorite people, um, just in general. Yeah, he was awesome. just like, he was like, if we loosen the ropes, do you think that'll give you enough room to work? And I was like, yeah, it definitely will. And I was mad. So, like, I'm sure I gave him kind of a shitty answer. And he came back and I was like, I've been doing this for five years. You think I would have known that? Which got him to laugh. But um, I so, like, I was exhausted because I, like, I had drove to Harbor Freight backs. I hadn't wrestled yet. And, like, there was a lot of moving parts in my match. So I was kind of worried about that, this, that, and another. And uh, so I didn't get to watch the match at all. But the only moment I had with Sam Beal, besides telling him right before I went, he went out, I was like, I was like hey, man, watch the middle rope. It's fixed. But... I wouldn't trust it 100% um, just because it's been fixed, so Mm -hmm. it could break again. Um, Whenever we did our uh, backstage thing after my match, we do this big pool part brawl in the uh, parking lot while the show is still going on. And I see Sam Beal and I walk by him because I'm like, all right, cool, I want to change because I kind of got... It wasn't the best night for me. Um, He just goes... Oh, it was like a good five seconds where I thought this was an actual fight. Like I thought people were actually fighting each other in the parking lot. And I was like, I was like, oh, we did a good job. And I walked away. <laughs> he was cool. Uh, no, he was really cool. I hope we get him back uh, more often than not. He's, he was he was a very cool dude for the minimal interactions I had with him. Um, quick my plug. Pal- quick oh, plug. If you want to see that backstage brawl uh, pull apart promo that we filmed, uh, you can go to Facebook.com slash CC Wrestling 573. And check out the Cape Championship Wrestling Facebook page, and that full video is posted there. Yeah. Uh, Mandy was the MVP of that, because uh, mm-hmm. I did not know. And if, when you watch it back, you'll know what I didn't know. But uh, mine is going to Anthony Bowens this week. Uh, despite his knee injury, he is still one of my favorite parts of AEW television, ab- doing absolutely nothing besides his normal yelling thing. But... There's just something so wholesome about daddy ass rolling him to the ring every week. Mm-hmm. And like, that, like I've always been a fan of the acclaimed. Uh, I believe like Caster and Bones work really well off each other. And I really like the gun club because like, they're just very entertaining. I'm always very entertained by them. Them four together is the best thing ever. But I honestly think that Bowens or Billy Gunn's love of the acclaimed is probably the most wholesome thing I've seen on TV and ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And I think the first time he did it was last week where he yells out after he yells the city name, he yells scissor me daddy ass. And I don't know why, like the first (laughs) time I watched it, it was, I giggled for a long, 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 long time. And he keeps doing it and it keeps being my favorite thing. Uh, I'm super excited that he is still traveling uh, with them because like, he very well could have just taken the time off for his knee to heal. Mm-hmm. And like, as long as he's sitting in the chair and just chilling, I'm cool with it. Uh, as long as he's taking care of his knee the way he needs to be, he, and he can still make the dates do it. Um, I'm happy that he is because it's honestly, it's keeping that act more fresh because we're like, Oh yeah, we're going to get him back eventually. And like, I just love that pairing a whole lot. And then Anthony Bowens consistently makes me laugh. Uh, I don't remember where in the show it was, but double or nothing, they did show that little stinger of <laughs> the 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 ass boys and the acclaimed went out partying. Billy Gunn goes to find them the next day, 
and he takes the he takes the blanket off of one of his kids it's to put it over Caster. Caster. <laughs> and then Bowens had fallen asleep in his wheelchair holding up the, the scissors the, the so he acclaimed. gave him just the little one while he slept. Oh it's it is great. <laughs> and also, I just, think I, I think I texted you and I was like, I love the acclaimed, and you were just like, not as much as Billy Gunn does. Nope, because no one does. One, everyone loves the acclaimed. Uh, two, but not as much as Billy Gunn. So that is that is pretty fantastic. Uh, before we we jump into the little bit of news that we have for the week, uh, also real quick, want to plug again. Uh, we did the interview with IGN's Rebecca Valentine. Yeah, that is here on the rss feed podcast feed wherever you're listening to this you can find that it was a ton of fun she is an absolute delight and it went really really well and i hope you check it out because uh, i was very very happy with how that turned out i hope she gets her ruby soho shirt uh she's she said she was going to yeah she said she was gonna do it anyway and i was like good good Mm -hmm. yeah that made me happy um into, before we get into the full review of Double or Nothing, a little bit of news from the week, starting out with some uh, very unfortunate news that just happened today. Brian Pillman Jr. tweeted out, Thank you, Mom, for bringing me into this world and for trying your best. You were my number one fan. Rest in peace. I love you. Um, so Brian Pillman, unfortunately, losing his mother, Melanie Pillman, uh, earlier today, uh, or at least he announced uh, that it had happened today. So very unfortunate news for Pillman and the rest of his family. Yeah. Uh, next part of the news, um, in injury update, Matt Cardona has confirmed that he does in fact have a torn bicep. He will, uh, will require surgery. He says that his surgery is scheduled for June 7th, but he also says that he will appear at NWA always ready on June 11th. Not even obviously. Obviously not to compete, um, but, you know, the status, I'm sure they will address the status of the NWA championship at either at the show or maybe, you know, they may announce if he's going to be stripped of it, but he is going to have to, he did announce that he would be having to miss a number of bookings due to the injury because his bicep is torn and he's getting surgery on it. So, of course, that makes sense. But with the NWA show literally being named after him, he said there was no way that he was going to miss that so man what a bummer because he is just on an absolute tear he was somebody that i think he was more excited to get that phone call than most um because honestly like him and myers both the second that they got released they were within like a month we're announcing the super seven deals like they had a lot of Mm -hmm. uh irons in the fire and i think they were just they were like okay cool well now we can do everything that we want to do and um yeah, no, it, just, it does just suck, though. Like, it sucks real hard because they named a whole show after him, and then he tears his bicep. It sucks real hard. Yeah, because he's going on, he's doing the whole belt collector thing. He's king of the indies, king, deathmatch king, Match all king. of that. And, and so, obviously, there's never a good time for an injury, but he is on top of the independent wrestling world right now. Like, there was a couple weeks ago, he tweeted something out about, like, or maybe it was in March... Because he's like, I got people messaging me about like, hey, what dates do you have in April? Brother, you got to be messaging me about my January dates yeah. at this point. Because he's just, he's he's everywhere. So sp- hopefully, you know, like we say every single time, a speedy and full recovery. Get him back to actually 100%. Uh, 
And then uh, in contract news, a little bit of contract news, uh, Dave Meltzer is reporting that Sasha Banks and Naomi's suspension um, is without pay. And because it is without pay, that their contracts can't be frozen. So like when Rey Mysterio was like sending the checks back and they were still adding that time onto his contract because that was because he was getting paid. Yeah. Just because he, he just wasn't cashing the checks. Sasha and Naomi are not being paid, so that time will not be added on to whatever their contracts do come up. Good for them. If that, if, if that is the case, thing, you know, there's always the possibility that one or both reaches an agreement with WWE and returns and ends up resigning. You know, it's wrestling. You never say never. But yeah. if it if it is the case that they both want out. Uh, they're, 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 this suspension will not be adding time to their contracts. And that's probably the most interesting contract news that happened this week, more than likely. Um, oh, no, Asa, Asa, uh, AEW, AEW, Asa, AEW. Hey, A- Asa, have you heard who, about the AEW thing? Who did they sign? They didn't did sign they... anybody. Somebody's having a contract dispute, apparently, maybe, oh, possibly. I don't, know any- Could... I don't know anything about that. Uh, say you said AEW. That's a good segue into the Double or Nothing review. It was this past Sunday, and and I made a joke at, at the beginning of like the show still going on because it, this was a stacked card. And, and in all seriousness, one, it worked out for me personally because I had Memorial Day off, so yeah, I didn't same. really have to. I it did it, it. I was fortunate there that I didn't have to like get up and go to work. Two, I would rather. When WWE does a pay-per-view that goes super long, and I and I talk about, man, I miss the Thunderdome era because those came in before, like, we were we were calling it a night at, like, 9.30. That was great because I wasn't paying for those pay-per-views. I pay, for the, I pay for the network on Peacock, like, that's, so that's just a freebie. Yeah. With AEW, I'm, if I'm dropping $50 and I'm having to fight tooth and nail with fucking Bleacher Report's garbage ass system and their terrible website i know we do the power of positivity but if there was a power of negativity of the week it would go to bleacher report what a fucking dog water piece of technology we have to deal with there because Uh, we were dealing with two separate issues at the same time yours like (laughs) wouldn't let you watch it even though you paid mine was trying to charge me twice like it was not a good day for you boys. No, uh, and it and apparently if you go off of Twitter, it wasn't a good day for anybody. Like no yeah. one was having a I good forgot, time with it. I forgot which pay per view it was, but it was hell. It might have been all in or all out uh, with Punk's debut match. Mm-hmm. But they did it on fight, and I remember being so amped for it being on fight because fight TV just fucking works. Like, because they know how to do it. They've been doing, like, that's their whole model is doing pay-per-view. Right. And it worked great. I didn't have a single issue with it. It was lovely. I had a great experience. Bleacher Report has been ass every time I've used Bleacher Report. Like, you remember the early AEW days and, like, first Double or Nothing whenever Moxley showed up? Mm -hmm. And we, like, we watched it at my house. And, like, for the first... 10 minutes of the buy-in we couldn't even get on because my like account was messing up that was back in 2019 three years later having the same problem yep i'm gonna need AEW to get off that trash ass website yes please very much so but eventually it started to work 
I I don't know about other people. Like I saw that one person did have to like buy it again. Um, other people had issues. I was able to finally like I just spammed refresh on the page to the point where it's like at the very end, Tony Schiavone even made a comment of like, yeah. hey, order it on Bleacher Report. It works now. It's up because <laughs> they knew like, oh, this shit is broken. But on the pre-show, we got Hookhausen defeating Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. This was what it needed to be. It was yeah. quick. It was fun. I like all four of these guys a lot. I'm a big fan of Tony Nese. I think he is genuinely fantastic. Uh, Mark Sterling is a personality that I know can wrestle. But like as a personality, I'm a big fan of him. And then if you if you've listened to me talk at all about either of these two people, you know how I feel about Hook and Danhausen separately. Uh, I love them just as much together as one. So this was a lot of fun. I I'm glad that my like half prediction of oh the Hook's gonna turn on Danhausen here and it's just gonna be a very short lived thing didn't come true. I do still think that's coming, but I this kind the way that they work together and like the say and everything else around it kind of makes me think they may run with this for a little bit longer than I initially thought. And yeah. I'm completely fine with that because like, I don't think hook or Danhausen, Danhausen in general hook, especially now, I don't think keeping them as like a comedy tag team is perfectly fine because I don't picture either of them really going after like the TNT or the AEW title or even any of like the ring of honor belts, like anything like that. Um, you know, Dan Housen going after like the TV title eventually makes sense. Hook, you could put in any situation and I think he would succeed, but just not this early. I think he still has a lot of developing to do. And that's part of the reason they have him in this in this tag team. Yeah. Uh, no, everything you said on that. Sorry. Uh, no, everything, you, everything you said on that. I completely agree. Um, everybody played their part perfect for this match. There wasn't. It was short. It was very, like, there wasn't a lot of air, like, room for error in it. Uh, or there was a lot of room for error, and they did they hit it perfectly. Like, it was really mm-hmm. good. I really did, like, because there could have been the moment for the turn with the hole he hits that high angle. Like, I don't even know what to call it. But right before he's about to put in red rum, and you see Danhausen pointing at his palm for the tag. And, like, mm-hmm. at that moment, Hook could have turned. Like, yeah. that, if they would have wrote it that way, I'd have been like, all right, I mean, pretty predictable, but, like, oh, it's fair, it worked. I was like, no, he just let him have it. Like, it's it's a very wholesome and, tag team. It's a very and, wholesome tag team. And the f- I'm glad you mentioned that, because it was something that I, f- I thought about, but I forgot to mention. The fact that Hook let him pin, like, let him get the pin, that is so much more interesting for a, a Hook character moment than, yeah. than, you know, him just turning. Like, him, like, oh, not only is he okay, like, because it's one thing of the, like, reluctant partner, but, like, a reluctant partner doesn't do that. That's someone who likes this dude. Yeah, that was genuinely, like, all right, I'll let you have it, buddy. Yeah. and It and was so real sweet. I like that. I like that a lot. So, the, the it, I wish it would have gone a little bit longer, but for what it was, it was perfect. Yeah. The opening contest saw Wardlow take on MJF. If Wardlow wins, he... he is released from MJF's contract uh, and is free to actually sign with AEW. If MJF won, uh, Wardlow would never be able to sign with AEW. And the the weeks and months and year plus of this feud building has been 
perfection. This is fantastic long-term booking, and unfortunately, it was completely overshadowed by MJF no-showing the FanFest the day before. The uh, Fightful reported, and then it was verified by other outlets, that there was a plane ticket purchased for him, uh, neither by MJF or from AEW. Um, MJF did not get on the plane, obviously. They were still... They posted and then took down the, like, preview video and the match graphics off of social media. So everyone was like, is MJF going to be there? What's going on with MJF's contract? He wants out. It's been, you know, we've talked about it in the past that MJF and Tony Khan are kind of at odds and MJF's not happy with the money that he's making, yada, yada, yada. Um, And now MJ, and so, and then the match, they plug it on the pre-show. They start the match and then it, or well, they, his MJF's music plays and it, and they, they do a good job of kind of holding it a little bit because he doesn't yeah. come out when he normally comes out. There was a delay there, um, but he comes out, gets just the absolute <laughs> bitch to get it peed out of him. Like yeah. he, he got wrecked by Wardlow, uh, 10 power bombs in total. Some of those landings were looking kind of scary. But like, yeah, there was a few where his arms were hitting first and I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Because like that. Yeah. And that sucks to do. But overall, like Wardlow got a huge reaction. It was a big moment for him. He was then like signed on the spot. The graphic was ready to go. Uh, Wardlow is now all elite in story. But again, it's completely overshadowed by everything that MJF is doing. And it's, it's the whole debate of, like, is it a shoot? Is it a work? You know, is this real? What's going on? And I think they they let him cut a promo on Dynamite last night. People are calling it his pipe bomb, where he demanded that Tony Khan fire him. Because he, you know, you want to spend all this money on ex-WWE guys. Well, maybe I need to be a WWE guy. So he demands that he fires him. Uh, AEW has since removed his merch page from shopaw.com. He is no longer on the roster page, but there is no, you know, official word that he's been let go because, of course, there's not. Um, I very much think, and this is pure speculation, so feel free to fast forward. I think that this started as legit. I think his he, he has frustrations, and I'm willing to bet that they go farther back than just how he's paid. Uh, or they ha- they go deeper than just how he's paid. And then I think that they were able to come to some sort of agreement and he they're turning it now into a story. Yeah, because if Tony because from everything we've heard from pretty much everyone who's reporting on it, Tony Khan has been pretty clear that he has no intention of working the locker room. And when you're running a locker room, doing stuff like that, that hurts your trust and you don't want to have that. Yeah, Um, I also think that I, you know, and it, it and it's MJF. And Sean Ross Sapp has even said this, like, it's entirely possible that he's kind of just doing this on his own. And they're having to re and AEW as a whole is having to react to it. Which I hope that's not true, because the reason that I don't think it was all a part of the story is because I don't see who it benefits, truly. AEW looks bad having to refund people who bought tickets for the meet and greet. MJF 
it you know it's the whole unprofessionalism thing but he doesn't even need the heat like at all he is the most hated person in aew possibly in wrestling in general it and it does nothing to make wardlow look better so to me it doesn't make any any sort of sense on any level for this to have been planned from the start like we didn't need this extra layer to make people more excited for wardlow to get his hands on mjf yeah no and like it as of right now with the way that everything is standing it does this doesn't benefit wardlow at all like at all um because the story isn't about him anymore which it should have been and like i'm with you i think that he was ready to walk out and they were like hold up let's let's figure this out they figured something out and now we're just like, all right, cool. So we're just going to like that. This, all of this information's out about how MJF feels mm-hmm. or how MJ, like how MJF is wanting people to know how he feels. That's all out there now. So they're like, well, we could act like it doesn't exist or we can act like it exists. Um, I feel like with the way that the internet community is as a whole, acting like it isn't a thing is disingenuous and could be considered insulting to like fans like um intelligence but you're really kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face yeah um it's fine because it's one of those things like it very obviously is part of the show now right like as of recording it's part of the show because no no person that runs a TV show is going to let another person that isn't in good standing with the company go and talk about the company unless, like, nobody's going to go and do that. Um, I don't see AEW doing that. I don't see why they would give MJF a live microphone if they weren't going to do something with that. Um, and I think they're piggybacking a little bit off of the Sasha and Naomi thing at this point to where it's oh, like, absolutely. yeah, because it's one of those like, all right, cool. We've had this moment. Um, let's pull his thing off the roster page. Let's take his merch off. And because that's going to do two things like that was a smart move. Um, because now it's going to make people keep going to their website every day, which is going to give them clicks, which is views, which is potential like advertisement for AEW. Mm -hmm. And then the second an MJF shirt goes up on shop or AEW shop again, it's going to gangbusters because people are going to want it because MJF, like, from what I remember, didn't have a lot of shirts, and he didn't have any memorable shirts. Um, Coming off of this, he will get his CM Punk Best in the World shirt. Like, it'll be be that AEW shirt. It'll be the one with the fist and the X, like the WWE shirt that we all had that was also one of the ringer tees. Uh, He has a type. But, like, that MJF will get that shirt uh, that sells really well for him. Um... I don't know how AW contracts work, obviously, but I'm willing to say there's probably a merch thing. MJF, whenever they decide to put his shit back on there, will probably get a nice little bump in pay just based off of royalties alone. Um, there's a lot of benefit to M- MJF right now for all this happening because now there's a big, big, big spotlight on him. So whatever he does post Sunday into Wednesday, like from now on, anything he does is going to be talked about uh, because yeah. it's. All I could see on my Twitter feed last night was that promo. It was a good promo. I don't. I'm not gonna say it wasn't good, but it's one of those where I'm like, "All right, I see what you're doing. Like, makes sense." 
Um, yeah, I don't. It, I don't know what the end game is necessarily, but because I mean, we none of us do. But because whenever CM Punk did this, it turned a babyface, and I don't see why turning MJF would be a good idea at the moment. I mean, it could happen. I don't think that's. The, I think to me, like if I can just guess wildly, I think the goal is to. It's to try to make the smart fans, quote unquote, dislike him even more. Yeah. Because there's there is that there is that aura of, man, you were such a good heel, so I like you, I want to cheer for you. Because he's entertaining. It's the Kevin Owens thing. Yeah. Of it's just like you're too good at being a dick for me to not enjoy. To me so this is a this brings a level of unlikability to it that it's like, oh fuck this dude, he's just after the money, blah blah blah. I want to so go to I, I want to go to WWE, which is the enemy, which is in a lot of smart fans' minds. Exactly, is the enemy. Um, um, I think again because th- like it goes back to what we're saying. This only benefits MJF. I'm really bummed out that Wardlow isn't the talk of the week. I will say two, so two things real quick. One, I don't think it actively hurts Wardlow in any way because now that he's broken free of MJF, he can do whatever. I do think that they need to strike while the iron's hot and give him something substantial like right away because. MJF cut the promo. What did Wardlow do on Dynamite? Nothing. He had a was match. Was he on? Oh, what yeah. did he? Okay. He he beat uh, he beat uh, JD Drake. Oh yeah, that's right. Smart but Mark's that, dad. Like, that's what he looks but like. It, <laughs> but it wasn't like a big deal. Like he came out, he had music, um, but it was just oh here's Wardlow's first official AEW match. Whereas MJF had a moment. Like that was a, a career defining thing. Uh, as far as Endgame, what I genuinely think it will be, and it bums me out because I don't want it to be him to do it, uh, I think he ends up t- taking the title off of Punk and mm-hmm. threatening and basically doing a Summer of Punk to Punk. Of I'm gonna get out, I'm going to get out of my contract, and I'm going to be champion when I do it. I'm gonna walk on Monday night, and I'm gonna throw this piece of shit in the trash. I really, really, really wanted corporate shitty punk though. I which which I mean honestly could still happen, and that's how we get face MJF. I don't want to see that. I do not want to see that. But because I would much rather have Adam Page, like I'd rather have Hangman chase for it again uh, against the monster that he tried to stop. That is good. I don't want him to win that. You know who who should take. You know who was right about CM Punk this entire time. And who absolutely should be the one to take the title off of CM Punk? Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston might be one of my favorite wrestlers of all time now. Just off of that fucking, the visual of him covered in other people's blood and his own, walking down with the gas can. Like, oh my god, we're gonna get to that in a second. But, uh, that was just the first match of the Double or Nothing review. But we needed to tie all the, the MJF stuff. There was a lot made, to that, yeah. It made sense to talk more about that than everything else. But obviously, we are going to keep an eye on it. The more, you know, stuff, as as more comes out, we'll talk more about it. But yeah, I'm to me, I think this started off as MJF genuinely no-showing and them working at least a tentative something out to where now uh, he th- this is now just full-on storyline. I'm sure he still has frustrations, yada, yada, yada. I just mean like... There anything that they talk about, excuse me, on television is story. Yeah. Uh, the second match on the pay-per-view proper was the Hardys defeating the Young Bucks uh, in a tag team match. And Dalton, I'm going to be honest with you. This one bummed me out. Yep. 
Uh, there were several reasons. One being, you know, Jeff's boot broke, so he couldn't move around. Also, apparently Jeff is super beat up, which, yeah, he's wrestling like he's 20. Uh, it was just that match with Darby Allen, he should be taking time off for, like, months, uh, not going to this, this type of matchup here. Uh, honestly, my favorite moment, I think, was when the crowd started to chant for Brandon Cutler, and uh, was I think it was Nick, like yeah. jumped out of the ring to slap the taste out of his mouth because like he was doing anything to get the cheers. Like that yeah. was just I I dug that. It's it's not that it's not that this was a bad match necessarily. To me, it just it felt off. And like I said, a lot of it has to do with you know the, the Hardys are, are older. They're they're moving around differently, and Jeff's boot being broken clearly was a hindrance. Um, I know I, I, I would say like, this isn't the match they were hoping to have. Yeah. And I'm not saying that they can't, you know, run it back eventually and have a a better outing. I just, this one kind of left me feeling like, oh man. Yeah. Same. Cause I remember, I think we were actually texting each other about it. Just being like, well, I mean that happened and like, but there's again, father time is undefeated, unfortunately. And that's just whenever you wrestle like that for so long. And mm-hmm. he's wrestled like that for so long with very minimal injuries. Like yeah. it's it's gonna happen. You can only you can only be so lucky. You're eventually gonna roll, like roll not well, and it's gonna be bad. And I think it. Yeah, I think he got bad a couple weeks ago and is still trying to work through it. Because I mean, and, keep in mind, he he did the thing off of the window ledge through the yeah. tables. He did the the missed swanton onto the stairs. Oh that yeah, Darby that was they then he did the swanton on the stairs where he actually hit it like there this one they did some they did some really cool stuff like i'm not trying to i'm like i said i'm not trying to like shit on the match but it yeah they uh this is one that i feel like they need to keep the hardies like a little bit more protected and i'm sure that's them i'm sure they want to go out there and do it every single week and like honestly that is fantastic because you know we all know how easy it would be for them to just be like, give us a bunch of money. We're not going to do shit. Yeah. Like, you know, we've seen, we've seen older generations of, of wrestlers do that within WWE, TNA, Impact, like all of that. We've seen it happen and they're not willing to do that. And like, it's admirable, but is it sustainable? I mean, it's it, just it, like, yeah, they did know. it. I mean, Jeff's done it for so long that I'm sure he's thinking in his head, like I can keep doing it. But at yeah. a certain point, you gotta slow down a step. Like the just spirit is, the spirit yeah. is willing, but the body is weak and is spongy. Yeah, <laughs> like and it wasn't. It wasn't even that it was bad. There was just a lot of miscommunications. That boot, like basically almost coming off. Yeah, like yeah, seeing it, it kind was... of flop around like while he's trying to climb a turnbuckle is scary because heights. Uh, next up was the TBS championship being defended as Jade Cargill defeated Anna J. Um, while overall, I think this was a, a bigger hit than a miss. This was some TNA levels of overbooked piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Loved this was, it. this is like the most interference we have seen AEW do in a, like ever, Outdone in a single match. Yeah, that that didn't involve the Bucks, yes. Because the, first the baddies came out, then Mark Sterling comes out, then Johnny Hungy Johnny. comes out, <laughs> then Malcolm 
fucking Bivens no more. Stoke. Stoke. Stokely Hathaway. Big Stoke is out. And then uh, after the match, Athena makes her debut for AEW. This was everywhere. Oh, and Chris Statlander. Statlander comes out. Statlander was out there as well. So it was just, this was everywhere. Um, The match itself was fine. Uh, I think this is the first, like, I, again, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, I think this is the first Jade Cargill match that I've watched where I didn't think, wow, that was even better than the last match. Yeah. This one, there were, there, there were moments where it felt very, very rushed. Um, like it looked like you could tell they were trying to like, okay, we have to do this. Then we have to do this. Whereas later, later in the match, there were moments that were, that felt way more organic and a lot smoother. Um, because I do think both Anna Jay and Jade Cargill are both tremendous. Like they have a lot of, they, they have a lot of talent there. It just, it, they didn't click super well, especially at the beginning. And then all of the outside interference didn't help. Um, but I, Uh, sir, John Silver running down the, the entrance ramp helped everything. Oh yeah, he, I mean, well, J- John Silver <laughs> showing up on TV automatically is just makes your day better. That because... adds a star to a match. I don't care how good <laughs> and or bad that match is. If we're you not have doing John... star rankings. We're not doing star ratings. I refuse. <laughs> well, if we were, that one would get one plus star for John Silver running out. <laughs> uh, and then, but and then plus like five more for Stokely because I'm That's, so excited yeah. to see him. I cannot wait to see what they do. I hope. And again, selfishly, like he posted that video on his Twitter as like, oh, this is cool. I cannot wait to see what is what's more of this, because you f- it's easy to forget that, like, yes, he is hilarious, but he's also super talented. Yeah. So I can't wait to the with the, the Tropical uh, Cove video. Like, I, I can't wait to see what he does. Next up was a six man tag team match. The House of Black defeating Death Triangle. Uh, the victory came after the lights went out. Julia Hart, uh, lights come back on. Julia Hart is evil. The turn has completely, or has completed. She sprays the black mist into Pac's eyes and allows the pinfall. I loved this match. I loved so everything good. about this match. I loved uh, Penta's son coming out in the entrance. Uh, that was dope. That was incredible. I loved the House of Black's entrance, like everything they like. Their whole face paint was just—it's all just in my injected into my little edge lord veins. Give me everything. Um, also, just the athleticism on display—it was yeah, inhuman. it was stupid. Even Brody, uh, King, like even the stuff that didn't really work, like Brody King doing the dive and catching like all of the apron, didn't matter because it was still awesome. Yeah, that. Looked like ten kinds of fucked that whenever that happened because you hear the ring like you hear him falling mm-hmm. rings he's not a little man, uh yeah no that was a lot of fun that was what I wanted whenever they had the death line and Eric Redbeard like I wanted that match but we didn't mm-hmm. have Ray Phoenix yet and then whenever Ray Phoenix showed up that's exactly what I wanted yeah and and we got it and it was as good as I wanted it to be like I yeah. I genuinely like. I was a suck. I was going to be a sucker for that match anyway, and I just I ate it all up. Um, the next two matches were the finals for the men and women Owen Hart Foundation tournaments. First up was Adam Cole defeating Samoa Joe, and then right after that was Doctor Britt Baker DMD defeating Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho actually being able, like actually being played out by Rancid, uh, playing you know the the song that's that she took her name from. So that was awesome. 
And I'm, I'm lumping these together not because I thought they were bad matches. I just, I don't like the outcome. And it's, yeah. and it's not that I, like, I adore Adam Cole as a performer and as a person. I adore Adam Cole. I am a fan of, Bit, of, of Britt Baker, but I think AEW is running the risk of turning her into, like, a Charlotte Flair type of, is just, it's it's too popular, like, too, you're, you're doing too much for her. Yeah. That she doesn't need. Um, also, the, the fact that it was two heels winning, including Adam Cole winning, because... Bobby Fish interfered on it, so he cheated to win. And then we got that super babyface moment with Martha Hart being out there. And they gave her all the time in the world, which was amazing. And, like, that was a genuinely sweet moment and was very, very cool. But, like, them going completely out of character to be, like... Like, I'm glad they did. They weren't, like, heels during that because that would have yeah. made it significantly worse. But man, if it was just Samoa Joe and Ruby Soho, like, why would that, you know, then you don't even have to pretend. Then you don't have to have someone who cheated to win this thing that's supposed to be honoring. And I get it. It's all storyline. It doesn't really matter. Um, just to me. And also the thing that I, I'm surprised I haven't seen more people mention, and maybe it's because they don't want to be shitty, but here I go. Uh, you're 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 given the o- the first Owen tournament win to a Shawn Michaels guy. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Uh, both matches were good. I think Soho and Britt Baker probably had the best match of the night. Like, just, mm. I really, really liked that match. Uh, for me, at least. Like, there was something about it. I even, like, I very much enjoyed the finishing sequence. Like, that match was very enjoyable. I would have rather had Soho win, especially, like, because it's the whole thing of just, like, you gave her the entrance. Hell, she even had the time for a change on the back of her jacket. Like, yeah. come on. Uh, but obviously, like, the second Adam Cole won and he was wearing all pink, and then I mm-hmm. saw Britt Baker come out, I was like, well, that's who's going to fucking win. Yeah, like, no because they need that visual of it, uh, of, like, all pink, which, like, don't get me wrong, looked dope. And those, like, uh, Owen Hart belts, um, those things were gorgeous. Did Like, you know what those were based off of, right? Yeah, the Smoky Mountain. The no Stampede. Smoky Mountain stampede. was like yeah. I misspoke. Yeah, Stampede. Yeah, Stampede. Uh, North or North American Championship belts, uh, mm-hmm. which they can't get because WWE owns Stampede, uh, which is fine, but whatever. Uh, but like to have those out, like those were cool as hell. I really liked everything. Again, I think I'd have much rather have had Ruby Soho win. I'm fine with Adam Cole winning. Like I, I get it. I think I even said Adam Cole was gonna win. Yeah. Like. Um, I was the one I that re- said that, no, they're going to let faces win. Yeah. I'm a big old which, dummy. I think I said Soho was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, so I was wrong on half of it. It was fine. Uh, I think it's what it needed to be. I think AEW, not saying that Ruby Soho and Samoa Joe aren't like loyal to the cause, but I feel like they see a long-term, well, they obviously see long-term in Britt Baker. That's yeah. been, that is their franchise player. Like, yeah. That when, you is talk, their... when you talk about the four pillars, like, yeah, she should be, like, that's the fifth pillar for yeah. AEW. Um, and then, I mean, Adam Cole, like, again, because it's one of those things, like, anytime you hear a story about Adam Cole outside of the ring, what do you always hear? That he's literally oh, the yeah. best human being that's ever existed. Yep. And for all, everything that you've ever heard about Owen Hart, what was, what's the one thing you always hear about Owen Hart? He loved he, pranks. 
But he was he also, loved, but, ev- but he was beloved. Yeah, he was beloved. Everybody loved him. Like, yeah, he was kind of a little dickhead backstage with his pranks. But, like, back in the day, that meant that you were loved. Like, right. uh, it made sense to me just on a, like, personal standpoint. Like, if you take storyline out of it, like, those two winning makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because and it's it, too... And you're right. Like, it does. It, it's not that they don't make sense. It's not like it's, you know... They, they, and they gave it to, like, stars. It's yeah. just, like, the way... I would have less of a problem because even Britt Baker shook Soho's hand after the match. Like she showed respect. Yeah. Cole literally had to, you know, had to have Bobby Fish interfere on a show that already the two matches before had interference interference anyway. So it was like, all right, this is, this ain't, this isn't what's sitting right. But, uh, let's see. Next up was the American top team defeating the team of Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara and Tay Conti. Tycon loved team, it. Me. I really? enjoyed. I enjoyed the shit out of this match for some reason. I don't know why, but man, did I! Uh, maybe I was in a weird wrestling mood on Sunday, and I need to rewatch it. But there was so much about this match that I absolutely loved. I loved Kazarian simultaneously being like, "No, fuck you," but also, "Oh, I can still win this match by myself." Yeah, like I don't need these two. Oh shit, I need these two. Uh, Sammy Guevara kicking ta- uh, ta- uh, Conti in the face. Mm-hmm. That was solid. Loved that. Uh, Ethan Page, Page Man- Ethan Page demanding to be tagged in, and then like I've been looking forward to this before he just starts yeah. wailing on Sammy. That was my favorite <laughs> moment in the match. That and yeah. Kazarian like bailing and then being like, "Nope, I don't need you." But then, yeah, yeah, because his like jump in cutter. I was just like gorgeous fucking mm-hmm. it's always gorgeous it was even more gorgeous on double or nothing night i really i was very entertained by this match i think once like we got past the owen cup like finals mm-hmm. like the pay-per-view kind of got a lot more exciting for me which is not saying i wasn't excited for those matches but like my level of super stoked to watch kind of increased which was weird i hit a second wind um oh so i just realized i never finished my thought earlier about the pay-per-view going long uh AW gave you your money's worth with this for because we got we got sidetracked by shitting on Bleacher Report as we should have always it's always correct to shit on Bleacher Report yeah um but it you're charging fifty dollars for a show I would rather it go too long than being like wow really we're it's, it's that was a two, two and a half show. hours yeah yeah um also there was a logic there because it was Game Seven of the NBA playoffs. Of yeah. one of a, of a playoff round, and Khan said he would not put this to AEW championship on while the basketball game was still happening. That's why he bought the extra hour of pay per view. So yeah. that's why this show kind of had extra stuff added in last minute, um, like the next match we're going to talk about. But so there there was a logic to it, and ultimately I appreciate the fact that we got too much of a good thing as opposed to you know not enough. Yeah. And that's also why, like, there's 30 minutes left in the show, and Tony Schiavone's being like, "Hey, call your friends. There's still time. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can still, you can, we can, you can still order it um, because the pay per view service works." But no, the the the, the six the six person match uh, it, it overall was a miss for me, um, except for the outcome because Ethan Page got a big win on pay per view, uh, and now this means that we get to move on. From the Sammy Guevara and the TNT title. Yeah. So well, I mean, I'm excited if you ask, to see what's... If you ask Darius Martin, uh, Sammy can't oh my God. compete for the title, but I can. 
Yeah, yes. no shit. That's, that's the whole point, buddy. <laughs> that's uh, exactly what he said. I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate the enthusiasm, but yep, yep, we we put that together. Thank you. <laughs> um uh but yeah, so I'm excited to see what Scorpio Sky does next, which by the way, that match on Rampage is going to be great. Yeah. Like I'm very excited to see that. How much and, do you love the new belt? Like I and as somebody that hates that they keep changing the TNT belt, I fucking loved that belt. Oh, see, I love that the each like it, that it's gonna be if it's gonna be a thing that each winner gets their own stylized version of it. I'm if it's if that's the trend, I love that. Yeah. Um, I I I my favorite color is purple, but I don't love the purple and yellow pairing. Just oh, it's I, I don't know why I it's just it's never and it and it has nothing to do with like the Lakers or the Vikings. Like, it's not a sports thing of just like, Oh, I don't like these teams. So I don't like those colors. I think his belt looks good. Uh, and I, if they put out a toy version of that, I will buy it, but it's, it, it doesn't do a ton for me just cause like that color combination. I don't know why I don't, I like purple. I just don't like it mixed with yellow because, and yeah, I like yellow fair. as I don't have anything against yellow as a color. So I don't know. I'm weird. Are you learning this now? You shouldn't be. And if you are, I'm sorry that I you had to find welcome, out this way. Welcome to nerdiest part of the ring. Uh, Although there might there might be like an, an internalized hatred of it just because like my mom hates the Lakers. She's a huge basketball fan. I can't stand basketball, uh, but she is a huge NBA fan and she hates the Lakers. So maybe yeah. that is like a subconscious like. Is she a Boston fan? Yes. That's why. Just just that is oh, why. No. Oh yeah, no. I'm like I'm aware. It's just believe me. It has been beaten into my head. Like how you you are not allowed to like Jeff Gordon. I like, No. I, I love Jeff Gordon. Yeah, but you're not that's supposed why, to. That's why my mom doesn't love me as much as my sister. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so that's Raise that's hell, that. praise Dale. I don't get to say that enough on shows, but raise <laughs> hell, praise Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I'm moving on. Uh, next <laughs> next match was another last minute addition, a singles match as Kyle O'Reilly defeated Darby Allen. Uh, I was genuinely surprised to see Darby lose on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was very interested to see that happen. And I like Kyle O'Reilly, so I'm never going to complain about Kyle O'Reilly beat, uh, winning on pay-per-view. But this probably had my favorite moment of the pay-per-view of Kyle O'Reilly choking Darby with, as Tony Schiavone said, that unbreakable chain that Darby Allen is wearing. That he broke off Only to then, him. seconds later, have the chain snap in his hand. Yo. Oh, the unbreakable chain. Just like, oh, yeah, that was... Um, this, for me, is where the pay-per-view kind of turned around. Like, we peaked with the House of Black versus Death Triangle uh, early. And then, like I, like we talked about the endings, because again, the match, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament matches were good. They just, the endings didn't quite hit for me. So yeah. that was a little bit of a dip. Uh, the American Top Team, Frankie Kazarian stuff was a dip. Uh, and then this brought it, this was the climb back up. This was, this was a, a lot of fun. And I like that this was based off of Darby's like, you hurt my face paint dad. Now I'm going to hurt you. So, yeah. I, I, I dug that, you know, sometimes this, the, the simple storytelling is the best storytelling. Uh, into what I think is the best match of the night. Uh, the singles match for the AEW Women's Championship as Thunder Rosa defeated Serena Deeb to retain. Um, I, th like, this isn't my favorite match of the night, but I think, like, not empirically because it's all subjective. Like, there is no... Just like as a wrestling match, I think that this was the best one. 
mm-hmm. of the night. Like, I really, really loved this. The reversals, the the holds, the chains, like, this this hit. Uh, yeah. Also, shout out to Thunder Rosa for the gear uh, that she wore that she's going to auction off to raise money for the, the charities affected in the school shooting down in Texas. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, Asa, I need you to know for multiple, multiple years, WWE had Serena Deeb on on payroll to teach wrestling. Yes. Uh, why are you say why are you saying that to me like I wouldn't know that already? Why the fuck wasn't she wrestling? Like why didn't they just have her on? <laughs> like that's what my problem is. It's not because they like she's a good coach, she obviously is, but like just have her do. Go do. Do thing you're good at. Like she very much like on her own got that whole professor character over like the professor like that rookie challenge was dope. Like mm-hmm. they had a star. I literally looked at I was just looking at Allie and I was like, that was the WWE women's coach. Why did they just not have her go do things? Like, it's not like Shawn Michaels who was retired. Well, I mean, I guess she was kind of retired. She was just coaching, but like she could, she was obviously still in the prime of her life because she's still putting out bangers. Like, uh, it was real good. It was a real good match. Yep. I, this, it was no notes. I enjoyed it greatly. This was awesome. Uh, I would like to see them do. I didn't think the build was as great because I don't think they let them. They they spent a lot of interview and promo time instead of like watch these people wrestle because they are way better at wrestling than they are at promos, which is yeah. A lot of wrestlers are like that, so the I don't think the build really did them any favors. Um, but the match itself just ruled. Uh, next up was the Anarchy in the Arena match. The Jericho Appreciation Society taking on the Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, they yeah. did everything. They really did. Um, they did the whole Moxley's music continued to play for the first like quarter of the match until Jericho broke the soundboard. <laughs> Great. Um, I I was hoping that that. I didn't think this was going to go this long because according to Wikipedia, this went 22 minutes and 45 seconds. I didn't think it was going to go this long. I was really hoping that the music would play the entire way through. And then whenever they, when they announced like, you know, oh, winner in 15 minutes, you know, and instead of doing that and your winner in three and a half wild things is (laughs) Jericho Appreciation Society. That'd been funny. Um, This was awesome. Uh, I, I think this, this did a very good job of getting the new members of the Jericho Appreciation Society over as more than just comedy acts. Yeah. Um, Daniel Garcia, I think everybody kind of like, he was that person that you expected to join the Blackpool Combat Club as to be like the wrestler's wrestler, but he hadn't. And now he's with Jericho. So it's weird. It's so he gets to show personality, which has been amazing. And then... Angelo Parker, Matt Menard, the cool hand, cool hand Ange, and Magic, D- Daddy Magic, Matt Menard. Um, it's kind of the opposite, where it's like you know them as personalities, and for them to like go as hard as they did, I think hopefully really establish them in the eyes of like maybe more casual AEW fans is like, oh, these dudes rule too. Yeah. But, um, Again, the visual of once things kind of got back to the ring, Eddie Kingston walking down with like three different people's blood on him, the blood-stained Yankees shirt holding the gas can, 
he just the finish to this was so incredible because Jer Daniel or Brian Danielson had Jericho in the submission. Like Jericho could have submitted. Eddie Kingston did not give a fuck. Eddie yeah. Kingston was there to commit arson and murder simultaneously. <laughs> And he didn't care who was in the way because it's not like Jericho broke free before he, he doused Jericho. He doused Danielson too. Like while the hold was like, that's what led to the hold being broken because he didn't care. Like his demons yeah. swim and his de- demons swim in gas apparently. Uh, <laughs> so that led to Danielson and Garcia, fi- or I'm sorry, Danielson Kingston. and uh, Kingston fighting. And which led to ultimately uh, Danielson being choked out by the, uh, the camera cable and the ring rope. Yeah. And it was just, this was awesome. Like, bodies everywhere, blood everywhere, a lot, a whole lot of blood. Like, uncomfortable of amount of blood. <laughs> so much blood. Uh, it was a lot ah. of fun, though. Like, that was that was way more violent than I was expecting. I was expecting a lot more comedy in it. Uh, which, I mean, we had some funny moments, but, like, I don't think they were intentional funny. I think it was, un- like, again, I fucking belly laughed whenever Eddie Kingston came out with the gas can. Uh, because I was like, holy shit, he looks like a Walking Dead extra. Like, that motherfucker looked like a straight-up zombie. Uh, it was, it was insane. That whole, that whole thing was crazy. Uh, and it, I, again, I think everybody comes out of that looking pretty good, honestly. Uh, Moxley and Garcia beat the dog shit out of each other, uh, last night on, uh, Dynamite. Uh, that was fun. Uh, yeah, no, I really enjoy, I enjoyed the dynamics in that entire match. Like that was really well put together. I will say this is a funny side note that, uh, Fozzie's lead guitarist played Britt Baker out. Yep. And uh, no one noticed because like his mic was turned way down. So it was and, just like, if you're watching, it was just some dude like playing guitar as Britt was walking out. Yeah. And then they were like, Fozzie's lead guitarist. And I was like, 10 bucks says he doesn't come out with Jericho. Called it. Like, yep. and he was, he was in the studio when they made that song, which I don't <laughs> know why is even funnier to me, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. That's just a fun side note that I just it, it tickled me. Yeah. I, uh, this, it was just a ton of fun. Like I, again, no notes, just, I, and plus I'm excited to see the fallout cause we, we, now we know they're doing blood and guts, which I knew they weren't going to do that in St. Louis just from the way that the tickets were being sold. They only and had you the can't room. in Missouri, by the way. Well, yeah, also that. Uh, but also, but like, oh, there's no, there, the ring layout, or like the floor layout only showed the one ring. So it's not like they were yeah. going to have to like cut tickets. But um, so, but it's going to be interesting because like John Moxley's on board. Will Brian Danielson? Because like, I can't imagine him wanting to team up with Kingston after Kingston tried to light him on fire. Also, I the mean, li- Jericho's line of who tries to light someone on fire <laughs> after he's spent weeks throwing fireballs in people's faces. Love it. It's so good. Yeah. It's uh, dumb, but it's fun. I hate how good he is. That was oh, it's so good. Uh, second to last matchup is, was uh, the three way tag match for the AEW world tag team championships as Jurassic express retained over the team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland and team Taz powerhouse hops and Ricky Starks. Um, you and I were going back and forth, like during this match of just like, cause I wanted team Taz to win. You wanted Lee and Swerve to win. Yeah. And then neither of us got what we wanted. No, we did get, to I unite. Mean, we did get to unite in excitement when Keith Lee say it with me, beat a motherfucker, beat a motherfucker with, another with another motherfucker. motherfucker. 
because uh, that happened right after, uh, or either right before, or right after the moon salt off the titties, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and that is forever. Like I just want Shivani to say it. Just you don't have to say it every time. Just say it once. I just need it as a TikTok sound. Moon salt off the titties. Uh, I think that's where I heard it from was TikTok, and I think that's why I want Shivani to say it so much. But like that match was so <laughs> stupidly awesome. Like it really Ricky's, was. Like. Ricky Starks is for like always an MVP of any match he's in, in my opinion, just mm -hmm. by the way, like he doesn't have to do a quarter of the shit he does Mm -hmm. only because he has that face. Like he is so expressive with everything that he like, and he like, he's goofy. Like his character is empirically goofy. Like he was walking the rope and posing as walking and then gets tripped and his cell like crotches it and just the way his face moves in the ring like perfectly conveys what's currently going on to him and it's just one of those things that i absolutely adore about that man uh but yeah no uh swerve in our glory didn't get it which was a super bummer did you notice that keith lee is bringing back the uh old pwt's uh keenan and kel shirt design their their logo is an homage to keenan and kel yeah it's uh someone on twitter uh sent that to them and he had it put on his gear so like, yeah, because it used to be like, I don't know if it was on Shane Strickland's Pro Wrestling Tea store or if it was on Keith Lee's. It might have been on both, but it was a straight up like mock up of Keenan and Kel's logo, but with their yeah. silhouettes doing. Yeah, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's is dope. Uh, super. I mean, I like the Jurassic Express. Uh, they're obviously playing the storyline with Christian. It's not the most excited I am about. It. I feel like any either one of those other teams winning would have been more exciting. Um, and then you could have still had Jurassic Express be the focal point with Christian being like, no, dumbass, I told you to go back in the ring when I got hit, not to worry about me. Because, yeah. like, they even did, like, he got, Christian got hit with something, and Jungle Boy checked on him, and you see Christian, like, very visibly go, like, no, back in the ring. Yeah. Um, and Jungle Boy did immediately, like, go after him, so I, I'm not upset, it's not like I'm upset the Jurassic Express won, I, but like you, I would have rather had, you know, Team Taz get a cool moment, um, and I, well, I, I didn't want Team Taz because... to get a cool moment. I wanted. That, yeah, I know you didn't. Lee. That's fine. I see, and unlike <laughs> you, I would have been happy for Lee and Swerve. I just would have preferred it to be Team Taz. Um, I will say that the stuff with Christian has gotten a little bit more interesting because of the pay per view, where he put Jungle Boy on his shoulders, and Luchasaurus was like, "Hey, wait, 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 what?" Yeah, like he was confused by that because the tension originally was Christian and Jungle Boy. So like, okay, he actually listened to Christian when Christian told him to get back in the ring and he did. So maybe now, oh no, he listens. Now you're the problem. Like, are we going to, you know, how is he going to, so I, I will give it credit. I think, I still think it's interesting. Um, I think you're right though, that they could still do this story without them still having the tag title belts, but you know, it's now it's still, it's more wait and see to me. It hasn't worn out its welcome. So I'm, I'm still excited. And it's it's not to say that one of these other two teams aren't going to be the ones to take the titles off of them. You know, it, it could still happen. And then that's where we get the blow up between Jurassic Express. Uh, and then in your main event, CM Punk defeated Hangman Adam Page to win the AEW World Championship. Um, again, I think this was a very strong match. I liked it a lot. I in but it, it's it's all in the storytelling to me that made it yeah. even better because like we see Hangman give it like almost give in to all of his insecurities, all of his worries, you know, that he's not good enough, that he has to cheat to win. 
but when he picks up the title and teases that he's going to blast Punk with it, but in the end, he decides not to use it, but that cost him ultimately uh, to where CM Punk won with the go to sleep. And so I watched the six man tag from Wednesday after you were talking about like, man, it was, it was kind of, it was a rough outing for Punk. And I'm going to float this theory by you, Dalton. Do you think that the two miss, the two screwed up buckshot lariats and the screwed up springboard, not everything in that six man tag that went wrong, but that specifically, Mm -hmm. do you think that those were intentional? No. Because they're telling the story that, oh, maybe punk is missing a step. No. Do you think it was just like, oh, I think that I think I think punk is missing a step. And it's one of those, like, the buckshot lariat is a, that is an athletic move. There's not a lot of people that can do it properly and make it look as look as good as, like, Hangman does. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. That's why it's such a unique move to Hangman, because he really has perfected the art of it. But we have seen CM Punk hit that move way more impressively, like, way more accurately than he did Saturday or Sunday night. And... Him missing his springboard clothesline off of his comeback. Mm-hmm. Why would you miss your own move? And like whenever he hits the ground, you can tell that he had a moment of, well, fucking course that happened. Like there's a moment, like if you go back and watch it, there's like a split second where he's like smiling, but not that like happy smile. Like that mother the frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Like where he was like, God damn it. No, and I know then, what like, you're talking about. Cause I, I, I saw it and it's honestly, it's that smile that makes me think that's like, man, you're being awful expressive there, which kind of is just like, again, I overthink things. Hi, nice yeah. to meet you. No, because um, I've been like, I've been there in the ring where like, I have fucked something up and I have smiled because I'm like, well, that just fucking happened. And mm-hmm. it's something that like I should have done. And again, it's one of those like, I understand, like, if you want to tell the story that Punk can't hit that buckshot lariat, like, that's fine. But he hit it before correctly. Oh, he hit it before semi correctly. Again, yeah. it's a very unique move to Hangman. Like that's yeah. why that move works because it's not it's not a DDT. Like not everybody can do that. Um, and Hangman's done it for so long that he makes it look effortless. Um, but like missing your own stuff, mm-hmm. and then still winning the match. Like it, it's weird. And then that match also like that six man had a lot of spots that did not play out the way that I think that they hoped it would have. Like him power bombing one of Gunn's sons into him, and yeah. like Billy Gunn having to be like, "Well, fuck." And, and, and that's it, what I and that's what I meant when I said like not everything was an intention. Yeah. Like some sometimes shit happens. I just yeah. think that it's but like putting man, it in, him doing two like springboard type moves, you know, two shows in a row where he screwed him up. Um, El Diablo asked for my like my like advice his first CCW, and I mm-hmm. like watched him train like like or work out in the ring a few times i told him i was like the more you do springboard shit the more you're gonna fall yep like that's the best piece of advice i could give him and that works that's literally it's the jeff hardy thing it will eventually catch up to you yes ray phoenix makes it look super effortless but i'm willing to say ray phoenix has been on botchamania a few times whenever something doesn't go his way with those ropes like it happens to everybody uh it's just it's a I think it is a coincidence that it happened multiple times and putting that like six man, like I know what you're asking me, but yeah. I have to put it in context where a lot of stuff in that match didn't land. Yeah. Like that's missing. That springboard is just like number four of things that didn't work there. I don't think that yeah. it was intentional. I got you. That's fair. Like I said, I just, it's something that had crossed my mind. I'm not convinced that it is. 
I just think yeah. that like then it may also even just be a thing where they like they turn it where they they could you know lean into it and eventually like revisit that as a thing yes but um, do i think that that is intentional storytelling right now no yeah um what did you think of this match overall uh i liked it again i think it was more there was a lot more story to it than wrestling uh, i mean they did a lot like not that's not what i meant but like it, i think that it was a good match based strictly off the story i think yeah. that they could have cut half that match and it would have given them the exact same result that it did um hmm. just like storyline wise because again yeah they weren't selling like i wasn't watching that match based off of hangman and punk's athleticism um i was watching it because i wanted to see how the story was going to play out um i don't think we're done watching the story play out um uh, which is cool because i really like P- hangman page i think that's somebody i've always talked very highly of and i hope that they keep doing stuff because i want to like there's an evolution to this that i want to see and i hope it happens but um no, I really enjoyed it. Like, those two have gotten, like, Hangman, I think, has probably the most underrated run with that title out of anybody. Yep. Um, he is consistently, uh, he has not had a bad match with that belt. For that belt. Every title defense he had, they were all good. Yep. Um, that Texas death match with Lance Archer is still probably, I think that, yeah, that's probably my match of the year. Still. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, because, again, there was some really good storytelling in it. Um... And that's been the thing with, like, hang. just so you know, Asa, Hangman's my wrestler of the year. Like, I will tell you right now, 2022, like, and at the end of the year, I'm going to say the same thing. Hangman Page is my wrestler of the year this year. And it's, it's not I, even close. Like, I, I, I'm not arguing. I didn't mean that yeah. to sound as, like, confrontational if it, if it came out that way. No, no, no. I just, because that wasn't even, like, to, and again, it's all, it's all opinion. There is no right answer. But that isn't even my favorite of his, like... No, and that's the point. I don't know what my match of the I don't think I don't know what my match of the year is right now, but of the defenses that Hangman has had, and granted I'm not a huge fan of that like tech, hardcore style, um but I'm surprised that for you it it's that and not one of the Danielson matches. And again, like but that's the thing. There's been so many good matches you can pull from. Right. And like I don't think that he is truly given the credit that, I mean, like, I think time will give the grace to him to give him like the credit that he deserves for his time with that belt. But the storytelling that he consistently gives every match and you can't tell me that he's not pulling his own weight in those. Like, yeah, he's, he's in there with people that know what the fuck they're doing. And, but he also is very, very sure of his character. And it's a very complex character that has very, like, it's been very differing of emotions that he has had to go into those matches and he has only knocked it out of the park every time. Um, this match was no exception. Uh, it would have been cool for him to have a longer run. But quite frankly, I think him chasing is a lot more exciting than him having the belt. Um, but that's every face, honestly. Except yeah, that's for just CM- kind of face that's how wrestle. Yeah, that's how wrestling works. Except for CM Punk when he had the WWE champion, like whenever he was face, like... Mm-hmm. I was more excited for him to have the belt than to, to chase it. And same for like Daniel Bryan. But when you have such a good build to it, like he had, I feel like he didn't get the credit. And I, was, I think we were even talking about it during that match where I'm just like, no, Hangman legitimately has had the most underrated run with that belt. And because every match he has had has been so good on so many different levels. And this was no different. Um, Again, I was super excited for Punk to win, but part of it, like after it happened, I was like, oh, maybe this isn't what I wanted. 
Maybe I wanted Hangman to conquer that mountain. You can have him lose to somebody else. I'm not saying he needs to have the belt for four years, but like, uh, it would have been cool if he had beaten Punk. Because MJF's the only person that has a victory against him. Um, to let Hangman have that would have been really dope. Uh, but it was a great match regardless. I'm super happy that Punk has it. He, there was a genuine excitement on his face whenever he won it. And it was a very, like, I'm sure it was a very emotional moment for a lot of people to have CM Punk 10 years after the fact have another world title. Like, mm-hmm. it was cool as hell. Yeah, and, like, I, I also, I loved this match. Um, I was disappointed to see Hangman lose because I'm all in on him. Um, and, and like you said, I do think that he's kind of, I don't, it, I think his reign, like you talked about, is so, it's so dependent on a lot of his character work that it doesn't have, like, the flash when you think about, like, a John Moxley or Kenny Omega reign, or even, like, yeah. Jericho's. Um, so, whereas, you know, because Jericho's was the first, it was groundbreaking. Moxley, he was the first person to win it from the sitting champion um, after, you know, his whole thing. Kenny Omega, he had his own huge story where he turned, you know, with the with the heel turn on Hangman, like, stuff like that. Like, it was, there. everything had... Every rain has had its kind of hook, and it feels like Pages was just like, I'll agree with it, like to the it had the most substance, but not the most style. And in yeah. pro wrestling, you gotta have you have to have sometimes style is more important than substance. Yeah, and so I think that's where kind of that that feeling of like, oh man, hang, Page hasn't done a ton with it, even though you look at the defenses he's had and like, no, he has, he very clearly has. Yeah. So it's it's just kind of it's like it's just kind of a weird thing, but. Um, yeah, I, you know, again, I also, but also I was very wrong with how I thought that was going to play out, but yeah, that's okay. Um, like you said, I'm also very interested to see what is next for him, but, uh, but that was double or nothing. Let us know what you thought of the show. Uh, of course you can follow us on Twitter at the nerdy at nerdiest part and let us know what your favorite match was. what did you think of the show overall? what did you think of hangman's run? Uh, and then this Sunday, uh, Real quick, because boy, we went long talking about double or nothing. That's fine. Kinda, it doesn't matter. I knew that was going to happen. I'm, I I'm did not too, lie. but I yeah. thought like I was like, oh, I'll keep us reined in. No, I'm bad. So at if this. if you just run through the cards really quick, I'll let you know what my response is at the end. Yeah, because I know you don't. I I, I knew we weren't going to talk about Hell in a Cell a ton just because you don't really follow WWE as much. Um, but uh, Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. Match number three for these two. This is a Hell in a Cell match. Again, Hell in a Cell is this Sunday. This is, as of right now, the only Hell in a Cell match advertised for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Boy, I hate that. Uh, This build has been amazing, like the promo work between these guys. Uh, Seth had one of my favorite lines in a long time of, you don't get to smash the throne, then then try to come back and steal it from me. Yeah, that was good. I dug that. I liked that whole that whole promo exchange from Monday was sick. Um, I'm looking forward to the match because they're two for two on fucking killing it in this uh, since Cody's been back. So what and, you mean? And, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes are putting out bangers. The I know hell you say who would have thought who would have thought um, a match that is not in a hell in a cell match. Bianca Belair defends the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka and Becky Lynch in a triple threat match. Uh Again, I, th- with Bianca and Becky's history alone, could have been a cell match, but nope, we're not doing it. Uh, it'll be a great triple threat. Like, I have yeah. no doubt in my mind about that. I just, it's like, why wouldn't this also be a Hell in a Cell? Uh, 
<laughs> another match that there was a thing on Raw where Bobby Lashley and Omos wrestled to name the stipulation of the match <laughs> for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And the winner of that match did not decide on a Hell in a Cell match because it's Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a two-on-one handicap match where MVP, they also could have just said it's a two-on-one Hell in a two-on-one handicap match in the cell. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, Dalton. I think you just summed up why I don't watch. That's fair. <laughs> like, and I'm not even trying to be shitty when I say that. Like, I will watch Seth and Cody's match. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only one right now that I'm going to go out of my way to watch. Like, text me when that match comes on. I'll turn on the Peacock. All right. Um, <laughs> there, I mean, I'm going to watch the whole show because out there, that's really the only match that I'm not actively looking forward to, I would say. Um, next up is Kevin Owens taking on Ezekiel. Um, I know it's the dumbest thing in the world, but it's been a friggin' blast. Uh, I, I've enjoyed the, the Kevin Owens, Ezekiel stuff. I was very down on it at first. Kevin Owens is coming off of a WrestleMania match against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And now he's doing this like shtick with Ezekiel, but it's, it's been a ton of fun. I can't even, I can't even lie. So I'm excited to see what happens here. Uh, the United States championship is being defended as theory defends against Mustafa Ali uh, I'm excited for that match just because I want to see Mustafa uh, wrestle on pay-per-view, even though I know he is not going to win. Uh, they're going to make me think he will, and I'm going to be sad when he doesn't. And Thanks, then WWE. The other match that I'm very excited for, and also very easily could have been a Hell in a Cell match, is Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan taking on the team of The Judgment Day, Edge, Damian, Pri- Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Uh... Again, the I'm a big fan of all six of these competitors. The build hasn't been the best. Um, the Judgment Day stuff, I'm not going to say has been a miss for me, but it's closer to like, it's closer to a disappointment than like, this is the coolest thing in the world. When I was really hoping that it could have been the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. I still like it and I'm still a fan of it. But I, I don't love it as much as I was really hoping I would. And it still could be the coolest thing in the world. Like, I don't want to be that person, but it still could be. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. Just the way that, the way that they've gone with it isn't how I thought they were going to go with it. So I, I'm, like, I'm having to adjust. Um, spoilers for, like, a 10-year-old show. But it was like True Detective Season 1. Where I was really hoping they were going to go supernatural with it. Because there was enough there in the early episodes that like, oh, there, something weird is going to happen and I'm here for it. And it didn't. It was it was a pretty standard just like, nope, all reality. So okay. um, it's just like, oh, this is what I wanted it to be. And then it's not that. It's still very good. I just, I have to adjust my own expectations. And the, the, the onus is on me. And I understand yeah. that. Um, and then we still have Friday Night Smackdown. I would not be surprised if they didn't add um, Gunther versus Ricochet for the IC title. They friggin' better because the IC title hasn't been on pay-per-view in more than a year at this point. So let them friggin' do stuff, please. Also, can you imagine the sound of or what the the cell Ricochet will do for for Gunther? Two backflips, <laughs> standing, just chop, and then just that. That's how we get an arc reactor. It's just him <laughs> spinning. From chops, <laughs> just just from chops. They've saved. They've solved the energy crisis with violence. 
Let's Makes see. sense. And then um, going into the final segment of the show uh, is, of course, playing with ourselves. We got a little bit of uh, video game news and then a bunch of figure reveals from Double or Nothing. Um, starting things off, Tony Khan did confirm that the AW video game Fight Forever will have DLC because the final roster has not been set yet. And also the people coming in because they're constantly bringing new people. Excuse me, I'm very burpy tonight. Uh, they're they're constantly bringing new people in that the the roster is going to be constantly kind of added to so we still don't have a solid release date we still don't have a final roster count for the base game um, but now we do have confirmation that there will be dlc added on to the game um no idea how many or what kind of season pass model they might do or how much it'll be but they at least confirmed that you know we're going to get more uh, than what's just on the base game which is cool. Like, I'm yeah. happy that they're... If they're willing to make an up-to-date game, I'll be happy. And then we're going to run through the list of toy reveals um, that Jazzwares did at the Double or Nothing Fan Fest for the AEW figures. Um, Unrivaled Supreme Series 3 is the Lucha Brothers commemorating their all-out 2021 attire. Whew. These look friggin' awesome. Holy crap, these are got, beautiful. We only got renders. Like, we don't even got, like... We or we only have like concept art and it, they look ins- insane already. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely bonkers. Like the big headdresses, multiple head sculpts, the Letterman jackets, the tag. It's gonna come with tag titles. Uh, this is this is awesome. I'm I'm super stoked for that. Um, real quick, so see, ulti- un- Supreme Series One is Cody and Britt. Yes. What is Supreme Series Two? Uh, Malachi Black and Kenny Omega. Okay, thank you. That's I I forgot that it was that it was those two. I don't for whatever reason I thought that was like the next one. Like that was gonna be four. Nope. But one yeah. one two Cody yeah, Britt, we, Kenny. We Malachi. saw the actual figure. I'm dumb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Unrivaled series thirteen. We have the butcher and the blade and the bunny, Ooh. Matt and Jeff Hardy and Danhausen. Hell yeah, that is a full wave that I'm gonna get. Uh, yep. Because we haven't gotten a Matt Hardy yet, have we? Yes, we have. Have we? I probably I'm sure I have it as you reach back and get it. Oh, that's right. But okay, yep. but it's it's more uh delete. broken. It's broken Matt Hardy, so. Yep. Uh this is going to be the Hardy's Hardy. Uh Unrivaled Series 14 Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, Chris Statlander, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Buy them all. Buy them all, baby. I hope this is an updated Trent like with the short hair. I also hope it's a Chuck Taylor with a more stoic face sculpt. And also, I hope he had. I hope he has a uh, the singlet molded in instead of just the weird belly chest they gave him. Uh, but we're also getting Chris Statlander in her current gear, baby. Yeah, an updated Statlander is gonna be cool. And then uh, yeah. the first Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, yeah. Then we have Unmatched uh, Series Six with the Ringside Collectibles exclusive Owen Hart, Mister Brody Lee, Malachi Black, Ruby Soho, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, uh, I'm going to correct you on something. Um, Owen Hart's going to be part of the Luminaries collection. That's in the red gear. That ringside exclusive is going to be a separate release. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Because, uh... Go ahead. The, is the, the Luminaries collection, that's a Walmart exclusive, isn't it? No. They no? do okay. Walmart exclusive versions. So, like... It's the punk that's... Okay. The Sorry. Yeah, so it, I'm it's piecing real, it all together. It's real weird the way they're doing it. And that's why we have this section, baby. I explained <laughs> it to you. Um, 
Unmatched kind of gets the they so Unmatched is the second set of figures from it was Unrivaled now it's Unmatched and then we're getting Supremes. Unmatched we get a lot of really neat things like the LJNs and as of right now for the first two they didn't do it for the um Dark Order set but I think that's because that Darby got canned. Mm-hmm. Um which we are getting just we didn't get it when we were supposed to. Um Series one had LJ and Cody and Walmart got an exclusive in red. So like the normal one came out in blue. You could get that one. That one was available in stores. Um, but the Walmart exclusive was in red instead of blue. Um, unmatched series two had sting in the regular face paint. You can get that. I, I mean, that was mainly like, you didn't see that one a lot in stores. It came with a trench coat, but I ended up getting that one from an, uh, ringside. But then the Walmart exclusive had the Darby half Darby paint. Um, okay, that's unmatched, right. Unmatched three, we didn't get a Walmart exclusive figure. Um, and again, I think it's made. They may have had something for Darby, but they had to shelve it, so they didn't even worry about telling us what that was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Unmatched Series Four is going to have an exclusive CM Punk for Walmart. Um. The Chris Jericho Luminaries is not going to be the like store exclusive figure. That's just that's a Luminaries figure that is just going to be in the baseline. That's not going to get two releases. Okay. I think they're going to start picking and choosing who's going to get exclusives where. So like Unrivaled Series something is going to have Sammy Guevara from the pit like the prison gear. Mm-hmm. I think that figure is going to have a Target exclusive chase. I'm saying exclusive chase is going to have an exclusive target Sammy that's in the red gear. Same thing for Adam page. He's going to have like an exclusive Walmart figure. Like they're going to start giving us store exclusive figures, which is fine. As long as we are getting other figures in the line that are like, like it. So CM Punk, that Walmart figure is almost exactly like the chase with the trunks, which I'm super stoked about. Cause I didn't want long boy. I didn't want CM tights. I wanted CM trunks. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get that in the Walmart collection because that figure, like the Walmart figures aren't super hard to get. Uh, they'll be hard to get at first. That'll be a hundred dollar figure the first month they come out because people are going to scalp them. But mm-hmm. then just like the Darby Sting, I found, I tripped over those for a while where yeah. I was finding them every time I went to Illinois. I um, ended up picking thing. one up just because it's like, oh, well, they have this. Yeah. Cool. I might yeah. As well. and, and same thing for Red Pants, LJ and Kenny. Um so, but anyway, to go back to the important thing, the Luminaries line does not mean that that is a Walmart exclusive figure. It just means that in every other unmatched, it's going to be LJN Luminaries. Mm-hmm. Owen Hart is going to be in the Luminaries collection. The ringside figure, count that as the um, little bit of the bubbly or TNT Cody, where we get a figure in the baseline. If you can get that figure, it's easy. That's the easy figure to get. Or you go on ringside and get the exclusive. Same thing with like Jurassic Express from Series 5. Well, okay. Does yeah, that, that makes okay. sense. Yeah, I just so do you think they're going to do anything special for the Owen one? Because yes, the, the t- Owen. The, go ahead. Go ahead. Did they already announce that what was it, weird? What it's going to be? So Owen is going to have the regular figure in Unmatched Series f- uh, Six. Unmatched Six and Unmatched Six. Yeah. Nice. I'm getting good at this. Uh, it only took me like six years of doing this, but um, he's going to be in Unmatched Series Six as just the Luminaries figure. Right. I say just Illuminaries. We're getting a fucking Owen Hart figure, Ace. No, no, no. We're getting two I, Owen Hart figures. I think but, you misunderstand. I think you're going to misunderstand no, no. my question. 
So because like I know figure... we're getting the I know we're getting the base one, but yes. then with the but there is a version that is a ringside exclusive. That's uh, going to come with a jacket. It's going to come in black and silver instead of red and white. Okay. It's going to come with a jacket, an extra head sculpt that has the headband, I think sunglasses, and a. They can't make the stampede belt. We talked about that earlier in the show because WWE owns stampede. I think they're putting the Owen Hart commemorative belt with that figure. That'd be cool. Because they showed a they showed a belt that's with it that is shaped just like that Owen Hart commemorative belt figure. Which mm-hmm. by then we should have the Adam Cole unmatched figure or unrivaled figure, and you can just put that on that, or you can put that on one of the four Britt Bakers you got like they've released. Um, I gotcha. Okay, so they are doing. They are. You get it because, like, with the TNT Cody, he had the special box and like the extra accessories. Yeah, um, and that Jurassic that Express. Owen, I don't. It was just the special packaging. I don't think yeah. it came with anything extra. But the figures were like exclusive gear to that set because mm-hmm. I never got the regular Jurassic Express or Luchasaurus because I liked it in white, and then I ended up selling the Jungle Boy because I liked the Unrivaled Series Five Jungle Boy more. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're getting two fucking Owen Hart figures. And also, really quick, uh, this is just, and this is me being biased towards being a big Owen Hart fan, which is something I've talked about ever since we've done podcasting together. I love Owen Hart. Um, A giant fuck you to all the people that are hating on these figures. Uh, I get that it's not King of Hearts Owen, but I don't think they can do those figures. Like, I don't think that they have the rights to make that figure. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't. Because you can really get around that by not putting the exact same... Like, you can't put the slammies on it. But, like... Yeah, but, like, I don't think WWE owns caution tape. You can give me that one. There's a lot of Owens you can do. Hopefully they do a lot of Owens. Um, I'm excited to have an Owen Hart figure. This is literally the definition. I don't like saying this in the figure world because I'm paying money for these. But this is literally beggars can't be choosers. Right. They're giving me two Owen Hart figures. I'm probably going to own both of them. Like, I'm probably buying both of them. One to put in my 80s and then one to put in my uh, AEW shelf. So, quick question because we got more reveals to talk about. How hard do you think it would be, now that we have an actual dedicated head sculpt, like we have now an Owen Hart figure, how hard would it be to either do it yourself or to just have someone customize a King of Hearts? Um, I need to see... Uh, I would have to have all the figures in front of me, but mm-hmm. right now I don't think we have a, a torso that would fit. Like we have this Wardlow, but he's pretty jacked. Right. So, I mean, this figure you could make into an Owen Hart, but it's going to be really beefy, which Owen wasn't really beefy. Um, you just need to, you got to wait for the right parts to get made right now. AEW figures, the right parts really aren't there because okay. we're only like 15 waves in. I'm and they're not as parking. and they're not as interchangeable with like elites as you would like them to be. Well, I mean, I mean, I can put, I can swap any of these parts on almost any of these figures and make it work. Mm-hmm. It's just the parts to make a, to a if you want to make a dedicated Owen Hart King of Hearts. I don't think the parts are available. Like, I don't think they have made those parts yet. Okay. Like, I don't think there's somebody that has come out with gear close enough to it. Maybe that Chuck Taylor, if it has the singlet top. You mm-hmm. might be able to fudge it with that, but it's not going to be perfect. The second we get the parts, you just need to pay somebody. Like, you can get decals. Like, I'm gonna, I'm in the process of getting the parts to make the uh, Sammy Forever from WrestleMania this year. Yeah, I can do it. It's not hard. Sadie's gonna put the decals on for me because she's a lot steadier hand. But like, I fucking made a Drew Gulak elite. Yeah, I just needed the head sculpt and a body that worked. And that's what we I meant. Had, like, I didn't know how yeah. hard it was going to be to actually be able to, to do that. So, well, maybe yeah, some yeah. of the, maybe as the series is like these series continue, stuff like that will be a little bit 
more readily available for people to do. Yeah. Um, Unmatched Season 7 is, we talked about the CM Punk. Uh, this also has Thunder Rosa, uh, Penta L, Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Pac, and Hook. And We're getting so we're, a good Pac! And we're getting Hookhausen. Uh, and then yeah, Unmatched Series 8 is Arn Anderson, Alex Reynolds, finally, Abaddon, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black as solo releases. Um, now I just need a... I am still a little mad we didn't get Ethan, uh, we haven't gotten an Ethan Page yet. Uh, I'm yeah. a little annoyed as well that we're finally getting silver, finally. Um, but I, now I need a Reynolds. Need, uh, we're I'm sorry, Reynolds. yes, Alex uh, Alex Reynolds. Thank you. Um, we're getting Reynolds finally, but I, now I need a ten uh, Allen Angels and Colt. So just give yeah. me. I want everybody in Dark Order. Um, a couple things too. Uh, we got better looks at um, some of the upcoming figures as well, but we did get an updated look at the GameStop exclusive uh, Street, Street Fighter, Fighter figures. crossover figures of Nick and Matt Jackson as Ken and Ryu and Kenny Omega as uh, Kuma. They've, they've yeah. updated some of that art. They don't look the same as like when those pre-orders went live. So I think these look awesome. I am very, very excited for them. I, they do look a lot better than what they originally did, and now I'm kind of like, I I have the bucks the way I want them. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. Until we get dirtbag bucks, uh, I'm pretty content with what I got. That was another one that I was not that I'm bummed that we didn't get, but like that they didn't announce a new, like current set. over the top bucks, which yeah. you know you got to think is coming in the next few waves. After we also this. got we have a lot of. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you? Do you have more that you're saying? That was right no, that was the that was the end of that list that I had. So if there was anything else that you uh um any we're other getting, fill in, go ahead. A ringside exclusive right now, you can get um well you can't get them, you gotta you can pre order them. You can get uh Shivani and uh Jim Ross, which is dope. We're getting our commentary team set up, that's pretty cool. We're also getting a lot of streetwear figures, which like is not necessarily something I'm a big fan of. But I'm a fan of the ones they're doing. Like the Kenny Omega and that really wild looking jacket is pretty cool. I'm not going to get it, but it looks cool. Um, Hangman Page in his uh, jeans and Western shirt. Probably buying that one. That one just makes me happy. And then um, Brody Lee in the red suit. That I'm buying that one. Yep. Um, I'm not going to be a Brody Lee completionist because I'm never going to get that chase unless I just walk into one. Um, but like if it's a regular release... I'll get it because my negative one sh- set should be in tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, hopefully next week I'll have half of wave nine to talk about on playing with ourselves because those figures should be in tomorrow. If FedEx isn't lying to me. They told me they were going to be in yesterday and they weren't. Now they're telling me they should be in tomorrow. So hopefully they are. Thanks FedEx. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Um, that I think is going to do it for a jam packed episode this week. Thank you everybody. Uh, for tuning in to us if you are still here listening to us gush about uh dumb action figure bullshit which is fun to do um if you want to of course follow and support the show you can do that follow us on twitter at nerdiest part uh of course reviews and shares mean the world it really helps you know with the algorithm stuff to recommend us to other people who are looking for like wrestling podcasts um because we like talking wrestling with you and we want to talk wrestling with more people so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the five star man with the number five. Uh, you can follow Dalton on Twitter at Mr. D Anthony N P O T R. Uh, and that's going to do it. Uh, we will talk more about, 
Hell in a Cell. We'll do a review on that next week. Uh, any kind of updates on the MJF contract situation, the Sasha and Naomi contra- uh, contract situation, any of that, any other breaking news that happens in the world of wrestling, we'll get you covered. But until next week, as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and watch more wrestling.